Thank you for joining our podcast from New Life Church Greenbrier. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to know about it. Just text Greenbrier to 88000 and fill out one of our Connect cards. Now, let's listen in to today's message. Amen. If you got your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 15. We're going to walk through this passage of Scripture. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, with both of these sons, you see that one's wearing the sin on the inside and one's on the outside. But how many would agree that under the right pressure, everything that's on the inside is going to come out, right? We're going to see that today. But first, let's look at the audience. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 2 says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Can you just hear the pride? I mean, first of all, you just, you just feel the tension in the air, right? It's all about them. Jesus had a really good way of taking everything that the Pharisees and the, the religious leaders thought and just turning it upside down. They're all about the law, and Jesus is all about the relationship. And it's just something that they were not used to. But he teaches, he teaches us. You know, it's funny. Every time I hear someone gossiping, I go right back to the same place in Scripture. Now skip down to verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. I've got a son. I've got two boys. And if my youngest one said this, it probably wouldn't go this well. He said, so he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. You know, it's very clear that his motives are not to follow his, God's, or his father's wishes at this point. But the thing that we need to understand, too, is he's walking out of the covering of his father. When we decide that we're going to do life on our own, we're leaving the father's covering. Now, he's there for us. He's there to redeem us. He's there to forgive us. But he lets us go. You know, as parents... One of the things that's important for us to understand, especially as your children get later in age or older in age, is that we have a responsibility as parents. And there's three things that I want to talk about today as parents, especially parents of older children, that we have to make sure we get right. And this can be difficult. This can be tough. But the first thing that we have to do when our children get to the age is we have to let them go. We have to be willing to let them go. You see, he set off for a distant country, but the father didn't chase him. He released him. You know, from birth, we are preparing our children to be able to grow up and become adults and to face this world. I told a parent one time, said, you know, or they told me first, they said, I, I just... The things, the struggles that, that my kids have to face in this season at this time... I just, it just breaks my heart. I just don't know if my kids are going to be able to make it through what's going on around the world. Let me give you a little bit of peace with this. God prepared your children for such a time as this. Our job is making sure that we're preparing our kids with the truth and in God's word. But you see, God's not surprised about what's going on around the world. He's prepared your children for such a time as just, just as he prepared you. 
You know, we hope when the time comes, a conversation doesn't go with our kids like it went with the prodigal son. But sometimes the tighter we hold on to our kids, the harder it is, the harder we make it. So there comes a point in the time when we have to let them go. We know this. We've got a child in college right now, a son in college, and it happens quicker than you think. But the next thing is he let him make his own mistakes. How many times did you hear your parents say, if you'll learn from my mistakes, I'll save you so much heartache? How many of you have said that, right? Oh, man, I've said that so many times. If you'll just learn from my mistakes, I will save you so much pain. Sometimes we do, but unfortunately more times than not, we don't. He squandered his wealth in wild living, right? The first thing about living in the world is initially it's a lot of fun. I mean, it is. Let's just be honest. I mean, out from under mom and dad's rules, out from underneath the house, we're just going to do whatever we want to do, right? But I'm going to tell you something. Sooner or later, when you're living in the world, you will experience a famine. It'll happen. It happens to some sooner than others. But he wanted to do it on his own. He let him go. He let him make his own mistakes. He gets out. He's partying. He's listening to rap music. Becomes an LSU fan. Everything goes downhill, right? <laughs> yes, I knew I had more Razorback fans than LSU fans. The father knew that sometimes you learn through pain. You know, Proverbs twenty thirty reminds us that sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. Ouch. It's hard, isn't it? When you love your kids, some of you parents with teenagers, those in high school, you, you get it. You understand what I'm saying. But you have to let them go. You have to let them make their own mistakes. But you also have to let them reap the consequences. Because there are always consequences that follow living like this. Every time. Let's pick up in verse 14 through 16. It says, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Listen, there's always a price tag for rebellion, even as adults, right? I mean, God gives us pretty clear instructions. I'm going to talk about the steps to sin here in just a moment. But the thing about it is, is this guy, he's hit bottom. Empty stomach, empty pockets, doesn't have anything. And I think what Jesus is trying to teach in this parable at the time, you have to understand, pigs were ceremonially unclean. It was like the lowest of low jobs, right? I mean, I don't want to feed pigs. But at this time, at this moment, I mean... This was as low as it got. But you see, the father didn't send money. He didn't enable. Well, that's tough too, right? You have kids that you love, you want to be there for, you want to support, and you want to help. There comes a point when you have to let them go. There comes a point when they have to learn from their mistakes. And there comes a point when we as parents cannot enable. I think that's what Jesus is trying to teach us here. He waited, this is hard, but this takes faith. Right now, 
on that end of the hall, the volunteers and the leaders and the pastors are doing everything they can to help establish that solid foundation for our children. And that's our goal as parents, right? I mean, one of the conversations that I have during a baptism, a baptism is your parents, if they're standing here, or those that love you, grandparents, friends, there's a lot of things that you can do in life that they'll be proud of, right? There's trophies you can win. There's accolades you can earn. There's success that you can obtain. But out of all of that, for someone that truly loves you, there's nothing that they get more excited about or more proud of than the moment when you give your life to Christ and you make the decision to go public with that. There's nothing. Still to this day, you know, my son could kick a football a little bit. And I was proud of that. But you know, the proudest moment of my life was when he gave his life to the Lord. You know, our very first baptism as Greenbrier, I've shared this with you guys, our very first baptism, we didn't even have a, baptism, a baptismal for our campus yet. We had to set it up at the Conway campus. But I was able to baptize my son. There's nothing out of everything that he's accomplished in life. And he's a pretty good boy. He makes a lot of mistakes, just like his father. But there's nothing that I was more proud of than that moment. Same thing for us. But I love this. I love what happens. Look at verse 17 through 19. It says, when he came to his senses, everybody said, come to your senses. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. You see, he's practicing his speech. How many times have you done that as an adult? I mean, really. Like you make a mistake and you're like, okay, how am I going to say this? All right, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this. And it never goes the way that you prepare, right? But let's continue verse 20. It says, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He ran to his son. The title of today's message is The Father's Love, and that's what I want you to get. This is why I was so excited about this weekend's message. Some of you need to understand how much your father loves you. Now, let's just be honest. Some of you have had an earthly father that didn't give you the best example. I'm sorry for that. But I'm going to tell you this. You've got a heavenly father that's just waiting on you to come home. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. But I love the picture that this scripture gives us. This is Jesus teaching this parable. The way that he runs to him. Write this down if you're taking notes. Our Father is ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive. Your Heavenly Father right now, regardless of the junk you walk through to get here today, He's ready to forgive. And I'm going to say this. There's some of you that walked into this room bitter. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but let's just be honest. There's some of you that walked in this room bitter about church. There's some of you that said, well, I'm only here because it's Palm Sunday. 
Well, it's getting close to Easter. I probably need to go back. Well, I didn't come last week. To be honest with you, I just didn't feel like getting out of bed. Well, you don't know what I did two weeks ago. Well, you don't know what I said to my wife. I cussed my wife. You don't know what I did. You don't know what I looked at on my computer screen. You don't know the inappropriate conversation I had with a coworker. You don't know, you don't remember the lie that I said. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Can I just tell you this? Listen to me. Get this if you don't get anything else. Your father is waiting for you to turn. He's here and he will wrap his arms around you. But you've got to turn. You've got to turn. If we could get this, I mean, honestly, if we could just grasp this, Sunday mornings, we could come together and just worship. We could just come together and worship. We would get on our knees. If you really understood the position that your father is in, it would change our position. I challenged our team this morning. I said, what is your position? This is an important week in history. It's a very important week in history. This is Holy Week. Do you realize what Jesus did to get to a place that we can be here? I mean, think about it. Think about the sacrifice that he made. Yeah, we'll come together next weekend. We've got four services, an Easter egg hunt. We're going to cook hot dogs. We're going to have fun. We're going to make sure the lights are just right, the music's just right. We're going to invite our friends we're going to turn the lights up just a little bit in here to make sure nobody feels uncomfortable. We're going to get dressed up. We're going to put on our best outfit, and we're going to go to church because it's Easter. He died on a cross for us. He gave it all. We get to take communion together at the end of the service today. Communion is an opportunity for us to reflect on everything that he did for us. I challenged our team this morning to close their eyes and walk through that story. But the challenge I want to give to you this morning is I want you to remember how far down he had to reach you. Because if you're anything like me, there's a lot of water under the bridge and a lot of mistakes and a lot of sin that God had to forgive me for. But God, the position of the Father, what's your position? Have you turned your back on him? Have you ignored and just walked by? You've got a relationship with him, but are you puffed up, full of pride? You know the position I think we should all have? Let me just be honest. Is this. It's on our face before God. If you remember and recognize how far that he went for us, it changes our opinion. It changes everything about everything that we do. But we got to remember. He gives us the example of how to live our life. He gives us his word, but what's your position?
You see, the problem is that we somehow think that forgiveness equals trust when we're talking about each other. You see, forgiveness can become instant. Trust is something that is earned over time. Well, sometimes you think, well, you know what? I don't want to forgive this person because they hurt me, the mistakes that they made. And the truth is, you don't want to trust that person yet. Trust and forgiveness is two completely different things. But I want you to look at verse 21. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Hear the repentance. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger. Immediately the son is brought right back in the covering of the father. Sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. You start to see the sin that was on the inside come out now. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, see, he didn't even call him his brother. When this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours, which is the truth. He's, he's the younger brother has already received his inheritance. So everything that the father has left goes to this son. He said, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Listen, as long as you're living in the world, sooner or later you're going to experience a famine. You're going to. It's going to happen. No amount of alcohol will numb the pain. No drug can fix the problem. And no person can give you purpose. You know, a lot of times when we read this scripture, we skip right to the offense. But we don't look at the journey. Same thing with Jesus. A lot of times we'll come to Easter, but we don't look at the journey that it took for him to get there. But let's look at the journey of the sin here. You know, every sin begins with a thought. Every sin begins with a thought. Before the prodigal son would have went to his father to begin with and asked for his inheritance, it came with a thought of pride. I can do better. I know better. Every affair begins with a thought. Every inappropriate text message begins with a thought. My question to you is this. What are you doing today to guard your thoughts? How are you guarding your thoughts? This is why 
This is why we say all the time how important it is to make sure to stay connected. It's to have people in your life and around you that will help hold you accountable. And will ask you the hard questions. You see, when you're not reminded regularly of the truth, it's easier for the enemy to convince you of the lies. Would you agree with that? Philippians 4, 8 through 9 tells us, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. You know, I realize that some of you have lost peace in your home. Some of you may even have a prodigal son that's running away from God right now. Some of you may be that prodigal son. Some of you may be the brother. It feels like you've done everything right your whole life, and you just can't catch a break. Let me give you some advice. If you catch your place, yourself in this place, pray, have faith, and give it to God. If you've got a child that's away from the Lord, pray, have faith, and give it to God. Pray, have faith, and give it to God. I had a pastor tell me one time that, you know what? God specializes in people like that. Isn't that cool? What is our job as parents? Our parents is to help establish the foundation, but there comes a point in a time in every parent's life that we have to be willing to let go. We have to be willing to let them reap some consequences. We can't enable, but we have to leave a door open. You see, that's the cool part about our Heavenly Father is that there's a door open. He's left the door open today. I don't know where you are this morning, but I do know this. I know that we serve a God that doesn't wait on the other side of a valley to be there for us. And I know this too. There have been way too many distractions today for me to think that God's not working on somebody that's in this room this morning. Way too many. And I don't even think her keys are working right now, are they? Yeah. Oh, they are now. Where are you at? I just got one question. I look around this room and I see some people that I care a lot about. A lot about. I've known since they were kids. I see people that I know has my back. I see people in this room that I know how God has shown up in your life. 
But the thing about it is that sometimes the enemy tries to say, well, if you stand on the stage, you got it all together. Well, whoever's up there, he can talk about that because he's got it all figured out. That couldn't be further from the truth. I can't tell you what I do have figured out because I can't do it without God. I have to have him. So my question this morning is very simple. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to take communion together. But I just want to ask you, what's your position? Right now, today, what is your position? Would you consider yourself to be a fully devoted follower of Christ? Because that's the, that's the whole reason we're here. That's it. Do you feel like that he's trying to get your attention, but you just keep walking by? You just keep moving. Have you turned your back on him? I know there are a lot of distractions in this world. You know, a lot of times I think that people say, well, if I make the decision to follow him, I'm not going to live up to his expectations. Let me just go ahead and let you in on a secret. You're not. Now, you'll live up to his expectations, but you're not going to live up to your expectations. But God, I can't think of a better time than as we enter into Holy Week for us to make a decision that we're going to change our position. You say, well, I'm not ready to. Okay. My question is, is how's it going in the position that you're in? How's it working out for you? How are those relationships going? How's that joy coming? How's that fulfillment that you're chasing? How's it going? Because there's only one person that can change your life or change where you're at, and that is Christ. I'm going to ask everyone to please bow your heads. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision for Christ or could use prayer for any area of your life, please let us know. All you have to do is text Greenbrier to 88000 and click on Connect Card. Be sure to join us next week.